Hi, and welcome to the Positive Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, James Devine, owner of Onwards Life Coaching. The purpose of this podcast is to empower people to live a more positive life. Welcome to episode three of the Positive Mindset Podcast. On today's episode, I'm joined by Sharon Nelson, founder of the Heart of Torbay and fellow life coach. Hi, Sharon. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thank you. For the, good. For the listeners, Sharon, would you like to just give us a, a background of your, of your um, history, of your work history and how you got into life coaching, please? Yeah, of course, no problem at all. Um, so I'm the uh, founder and manager and director of Heart of Tor Bay, uh, which is a community interest company. Uh, we didn't start off as a community interest company. We actually started as a myself a sole trader on the high street. Um, but if I were to take you right back to sort of to my background and how it all started in terms of uh, the positive mindset and life coaching, etc., um, and more so sort of looking at mental well-being. Um, I started off many moons ago as a, an admin assistant, um, slowly progressed to personal assistant through to sort of team leadership and management. Um, and I didn't always used to live in Torbay. I used to live in the southeast of England. And I worked for sort of two or three sort of several, um, you know, blue chip companies. Mm-hmm. And from that, I learned a lot around training, communication styles, um, you know, sort of I, I got very much interested in empowering and supporting and training individuals and to see how if you provide them with the right um, support, encouragement and motivation, how they absolutely come to life. And I, I love that. Um, so that's where my sort of passion sprung from, if you like. Mm. Um, one of the companies that I worked for, um, I was sort of coming up to a point where I wasn't quite sure what I sort of wanted to do next. And I saw a, a coaching accreditation advertised and it was at the Vitality show that I was visiting in London. Um, and cut a long story short, I decided to invest the, the thousands that it was um, and the the time and the um, the effort to gain the accreditation for coaching because I wanted to set up my own coaching and training business. Mm-hmm. Um, so I absolutely loved that. It was hours and hours of writing, uh, case studies, mm-hmm. feedback, um, exams etc um and i was delighted that i got a distinction in that which was um endorsed by the institute of leadership management um so at the end and i think that was mainly down to my passion and my love for the the topic if you like mm-hmm. um and from that i was very lucky in that the the people who i did the training through they actually asked me to become one of their trainers trainers so i that coincided obviously with setting up my own self-employed business. So that really helped me go on the, the self-employed path. And given I was still based up in London and the Southeast, um, I had varying clients from, um, you know, sort of um, friends to start with, um, right the way through to sort of when I was doing training courses to um, business uh, coaching and mentoring. So I had a fantastic opportunity really just to, um, just to put those skills into practice and to to practice what I loved. Um, so yeah, that's sort of how I I ended up in life coaching, as it were. 
that's good. I mean, that's, that's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so have you always been that passionate about helping other people um, and, and, you know, trying to empower people? Yeah, I have. I think I've always um, probably, to, well, not probably, to my own detriment, put others first. Um, and, you know, along the, the line, people have sort of pointed that out to me. And and I don't think there's a, an issue with that, of putting others and caring for others, as long as you learn to balance that with looking after yourself. And I think that's taken me years to yeah. to fathom out for myself. And, I, I, you know, I'm still working on that now, if I'm perfectly honest, because <laughs> um, I've got health issues to, to manage. Um, so, but yeah, I've always been sort of very thoughtful, considerate. And I just, yeah, just the the change that I found when, you know, people really connected with the truth of who they were you know mm. the people are on the treadmill so often and in their comfort zone and I think when you can when they themselves choose to take time to put themselves first and focus on them and who they are that's the most amazing opportunity for them to to change their life really and um, and to to go a different route or more so to become their authentic selves which I found most people end up doing Absolutely. Um, and that's that's something I found as well um, through my journey. Um, like I say, a couple of years ago, uh, for me, you know, le- training to be a life coach, um, I've really learned so much about myself, but pretty much like, like you, you know, I was there to help others and always be the shoulder uh, of support. Um, but I've learned yeah. so much in, my, in myself over the last few years. Um, and it is, yeah. it is great to empower other people as well. It is. And I think, you know, what I think, um, and obviously, you know, with with different words, whether it's mental well-being, whether it's life coaching, I think, you know, it's it gets misconstrued and has become sort of misconstrued in terms of what coaching actually is, because a lot of people think, oh, you know, life coaches need to have gone through and experienced that, you know, which you, you're looking to do, mm. which is which to me is abs- absolute nonsense, because that is mentoring. That's not coaching. Um, coaching is very specific set of techniques to say empower and give the person you're speaking to um, the tools and the techniques to to make changes for themselves we don't put anything of ourselves on them we have the tools and techniques to draw it out of them and I think you know that's where I think a lot of people sort of have a you know life coaching can be seen as a a negative thing um but when done properly and when done um you know sort of very professionally then it's it's fantastic um it really really is empowering and I think you know certainly it's brought certainly me to where I am today in terms of I've always recognized that mental well-being and physical well-being is hand in hand. Yeah. It's it's and people refer to mental well-being or mental health as a derogatory term, but we all have mental health. It's no different yeah. from saying we've got physical health. Um it's when you say ill mental health that you're recognizing that someone has potentially an issue or a concern around mental health um so i just think you know in terms of stigma and what can be done you know it there's such a huge scale in terms of mental well-being and how we can get people sort of involved at mental well-being and positivity at at such an early stage rather than getting to crisis and that has become more so obviously during covid and uh, well it's happening for years Um, but obviously it's going to be exacerbated by by covid moving forward um so sorry go on, sorry no, no, no i was gonna say it's interesting you touched on covid and um you know from 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 my experience i think 
when we do eventually come out of this, I think there's going to be a massive need for uh, people like yourselves, um, Hartford Bay, um, and other people that you associate with to, to really help people in the community. Yeah, and that's what, yeah, it's it's really good because speaking to sort of um, people sort of leading organisations in, in Torbay, um, a, a, you know, a fair few of them absolutely recognise that um, that there are gaps, that it has to be done professionally and it's not a question of the community mopping up, if that makes makes sense. We've had so, oh, some amazing support, volunteers, help um, in terms of um, mental well-being and physical well-being, food hubs, etc., yep. which is which is brilliant. But I think certainly going forward, it's it really is time to to look at how we can recover with mental positivity and, and well-being but in a professional way and a um, structured way rather than a uh, try and rescue or help way if that makes sense again I think that comes back down to my passion and that's to empower people to help themselves mm. um, because that is to me is the quickest way for someone to recover to yeah. help them determine you know what they're looking for um, but also in terms of you know if we're looking at the business side of things council funding or organizational funding it's the quickest and most cost-effective route for, for recovery. Darren, obviously, you're, you're working in the southeast. Um, how did you find your way down to the southwest? Uh, <laughs> that's a good, good question and one that I often ask myself, to be honest, James. Um, I, it got to a point where I, so I, I had a spiritual energy retreat up in um, Tiptree in Essex. And it got to the point where I wanted to... Um, I don't know. I, I I think personally, I got to a space space in my own life where it was like, what you know, what do I want to achieve? Where am I going? Where am I heading? And not having sort of a family of my own, as in you know, single, no children, my intuition was strongly driving me down to to Devon. Um, I'd only ever been down to Devon, particularly Torbay, once when I was about five years mm -hmm. old. Um, and my friends and family thought I was bonkers because, you know, I had no ties here at all. Um, but I came down one weekend to do a, a, a recce and thought, you know, energy feels great, really like it down here. And not long at all, I sort of up sticks and moved down. <laughs> so um, I think I've, I've always found Torbay to be a really healing place anyway. And it it's done it has done so much for me in terms of reconnecting with myself, mm -hmm. putting you know having my own boundaries, what I'm about, my own healing time and space. Um, and actually, since I moved down here, I've always had that vision to create a high street retreat, but a commercial sense rather than a, a community hub. And that's what I did. I created um, Heart of Torbay initially on the high street just off Kerry Green, mm -hmm. and I did that for two years. Um, and absolutely loved it. The feedback was was brilliant. Um, it really gave me such confidence in um, in my vision, really, of what I wanted to create ultimately for for Torbay. Um, but it got to the point where the space was quite small. Um, I couldn't develop as I wanted to. It was mainly myself that was doing, you know, the majority of the work, and also the footfall as well with Kerry Green started to diminish. Um, and health, health, you know, my own sort of ill health took over really. Um, and I took time out. I had to take time out for myself. I um, sold the lease on, and I've spent the time since then. It was a, about a year, I think, that I decided that the CIC was the way forward because ultimately, the space, the uh, 
high street space was always about sort of having additional funds to support people in the community anyway yeah. um and that's when the cic came about and very much around sort of the mental well-being aspect of coaching and motivation inspiration positivity etc mm-hmm. um so yeah it's um yeah it's been quite a journey and uh but no a great one a, a very enlightening one it sounds that um definitely Is, I just, can i just go back to I'm quite interested in in what you were talking about with this the spiritual energy retreat. How how did that come about? Um, well, I've always been very intuitive myself. Um, it's it's always been in, ingrained in me, and over the years, I've sort of I very very much trust my own intuition. So I've always been fascinated by uh, universal law of attraction of um, energy levels of all the various sort of tools and techniques are out there. So, you know, with Reiki healing, mm. I'm a Reiki healer, um, a practitioner and uh, the energy side of things. And I think what's really supported me in my coaching and training over the years is having and trusting that inherent intuition um, to to really get to people's hearts quickly and efficiently yeah and that's always supported me and I really think that's a fantastic element intuition that everybody has but again if our mind is so full of day-to-day stuff we haven't got we're not allowing our intuition our subconscious to come to the fore so again it's sort of almost encompassed that I've almost encompassed that within my coaching and my my day-to-day working whether it's you know um sort of liaising with a somebody who's working with a particular organization or you know day-to-day conversations I've I'm my intuition is usually you know pretty spot on which is very helpful <laughs> as you can imagine yeah <laughs> as you can imagine um so in terms of the spiritual energy retreat I combined my my love of um really just taking my own toolkit with the coaching my training my background my holistic energies the um oracle cards affirmation cards etc uh, reiki healing and i combined that into a space in tip tree right um and that was on therapy and it was lovely and it was such a people found it to be such a really warm inviting um you know space to to really start to feel relaxed enough to open up and to be honest about who they were and what they wanted mm. so i guess you know taking that aspect and bringing it down here that's when I then combined that side of things with the commercial space um, because my background is very sort of um, professional commercial um, and you know professional businesses so if if I had to sum up the four things that drive me um, I think one is fairness I've got a real thing everything has to be fair if not I'm a red rag to a bull Um, (laughs) professionalism amazing customer service and and all of those I wanted to combine and bring that you know sort of into the um the space that I I had down here so as I say I had that on the high street um that will be coming back again um absolutely um because um I will make it happen I always make something happen if it's for the greatest good of all um so yeah it's quite exciting really to actually have this time during covid of one being able to focus on my health because I've got long-term health conditions that I need to manage right but also um you know to to really sort of plan to network to research and to to really gather information to to find the best way forward for everybody in terms of what's needed for mental well-being going forward Mm. well just on that then um what are your sort of 
hopes and aspirations for Hark Torbay and um, what would you like to see happen for Torbay and the you know, surrounding areas regarding mental health? Um, certainly mental health. I really would love mental health, as I say, to, to lose that stigma in the first place in terms of not being talked about and not being recognised. I would like more structure for Torbay in terms of um, support structure or signposting routes and professional signposting routes for people with mental around mental well-being mm-hmm. and I'm talking about sort of you know just sort of day-to-day activities right the way through to crisis support um, and and I think there needs to be some sort of amalgamation or and it's happening don't get me wrong you know there's, there's certainly things ha- positive, lots of positive things happening in Torbay with some great organizations so I'm looking forward to that sort of um, coming off mm-hmm. um, Certainly focusing on the heart of Torbay, I absolutely want the business not to, it, to me, it can't rely totally on funding because to me there's a, there's an issue with funding in Torbay, which is a whole sub, different subject. Um, so in terms of a commercial, bu- commercial business, that's what I will be setting up, a commercial business which underpins the financial stability of the community interest company going forward and and it will be the same sort of ethos same values as i set up previously in terms of warm welcoming space but professional commercial so that you know everyone has a sense of self-worth belonging doesn't matter how much money you've got don't give two hoots <laughs> you know we don't we don't do egos it's everyone is equal everyone's you know um entitled to get the support that they need and want in terms of mental well-being yeah. and you know with the profits that heart of torbay makes then those profits will go into a funding pot which will enable us to be able to subsidize or support people with mental well-being if they don't have the funds um so that's 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 certainly the plan going forward um and yeah that's that's our main focus at the moment so like most you know other organizations and the the whole world we're waiting to see what happens with lockdown because there's only so much you can do sort of behind the scenes um but yeah once we're allowed back out into the the big wide world when i think it will kick off big time for for many people that's fantastic that's that i think that's absolutely necessary especially uh around this time um, regardless of COVID or not, I think you know, there's been a, a lot of um, not enough investment placed into mental well-being, um, not just in Torbay but uh, across the country. Yeah, that, that's right. And I, you know what? And I've I've certainly with Heart of Torbay, we've said there were uh, some fantastic people, particularly within um, sort of what I personally found within the NHS social prescribers in the doctor's surgeries, mm-hmm. there's, there's such a willingness and a want to, to utilize, you know, the, the service providers in the Bay and not, and, and they absolutely recognize as well that it isn't a question of um, just going through, not just, but, but, you know, signposting people to a talking therapy or um, to mental health support services etc because I think there's so much more that can be done which can take the pressure off of wait lists and and they are really recognizing that as social prescribers not just the NHS ones but I know there's social prescribers within the you know other prescribers in the bay as well yeah um and and what I say to people is the one thing I, I, I think really benefits the social prescribers sitting in the doctor's surgeries is it shows that the NHS 
is moving forward. It yeah. might just be in Torbay, it might just be one or two doctor's surgeries, but it shows that, you know, actually there are, you know, things are developing. Um, maybe not as fast as we'd like in terms of, you know, funding or, you know, getting to, to grassroots, but there are some great things happening and, and that's really encouraging and lovely to see. Mm. Um, yeah, well, so I think the more, more we talk about it, the better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, what's your thoughts on, on this regarding which, do we need to wait until somebody's at crisis point or should we be looking at the interventions beforehand? Oh, my God, absolutely not. That's the whole issue. I think, you know, that that's the thing. It's it's supporting people. And I think this is what I, I, I sense is a, a gap or a learning um, that people are inherently nice and they want to help somebody and support someone and quite often we go into rescue mode so we want to come up with solutions for that person or have you tried this have you done this you know let me do that for you but actually you're taking away their power so what I really would love to see is a sort of a standard if you like of um, communication style or coaching basic coaching for people within Torbay who would like to support individuals with mental well-being and that involves listening and questioning skills because um you know we as human beings we're quite lazy when it comes to sort of listening and chatting generally but it's so important that the earlier and we can do that in terms of somebody's low mood or um you know life experience happening whether it's redundancy divorce a, a death grievance whatever it may be if we can reach people then support them at that stage they won't get to crisis and it's the funds aren't there for crisis so that's what i want people to recognize that there's a whole sliding scale here Mm. of mental well-being um and you know you've got crisis at one end but then the other end of it you've got you know someone's not in a great mood today they've been annoyed by something and if actually if you think about it most of the world's problems come down to lack of communication Absolutely. If we can get that communication right and really learn how to listen and question. um, And that's one thing. One of the plans that I want to do is the the pure heart coaching style, which is around the listening and questioning. Um, That's what I certainly want to get out um, sort of through through Torbay to anyone who wants to to communicate effectively with others, um, because it can do so much for for people's mental well-being in its in, in itself. It, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's that old it's that saying, isn't it? You listen to understand rather than listening to reply. You're and, right. Um, yeah. You know, so if, if more people, I mean, I've learned that over the over the years, um, if more people could do that, then, you know, like I say, communication would be a lot better across all channels. That's right. And, you know, as, as you're saying that, there, obviously, you know, there's time constraints and yeah. financial constraints, all of that sort of thing. But I just really think if people if, if we can just sort of, OK, say, right, stop, you know, what's the, the quickest, fastest, best route for that individual? Only know, they know that themselves. And if we can't help them pull out from them what they need or what they want or what they're looking for, then who's going to do it? They're just going to be pushed from pillar to post, which means that it's longer wait times. Um, you know, they'll end up at a service which isn't appropriate for them. So that demoralizes them. So if we can get that communication right at the very start, um, and when that, you know, that to me, that starts from someone picking up the phone, maybe from the helpline or, you know, right the way through. I think if that communication, appropriate communication can be um, taught, put out there, um, 
you know, I, th I think it would be invaluable for, for mental well-being recovery, definitely. Absolutely. Um, well, thank you very much for joining me for today. No problem, James. My pleasure to um, speak to you. It's, uh, the podcast is called The Positive Mindset Podcast. Could you possibly leave the listeners with three um, best tips that you could give them to, to leave a more positive life? I certainly can. <laughs> <I'll do> three. <laughs> um, the oh, what three things would I um, offer as as advice? Um, the first thing that comes into my head is very much about taking time for you to reflect on where you are in your life, and we have to consciously make that decision for ourselves because you know if we're on a treadmill or we're really extremely busy then a lot of people don't take time for that and um, so that's one thing another thing is to really um hopefully it doesn't get to this stage but if you start to feel that you have dis-ease in your body whether that's sort of physical symptoms in terms of you know headache st um, stomach problems whatever then chances are that stems from an emotional issue so again that's another sort of um, gauge that you can can use to see how well you are as a whole at the moment um, the other thing thirdly I would say reach out to people because friends and family as much as they you know love us and want the best for us they don't necessarily um give us the the best support in terms of um what's the word not the best support but impartial support shall i say because mm -hmm. they're basing on them knowing you know feeling that they know us and our history experiences um skills etc whereas if we talk to somebody who doesn't know us and if that person does have the right skills to really pull out from us again who we are what our values are what our beliefs are what our hopes and dreams are and we're not being influenced by friends and family so that's a real positive to to reach out to someone that you wouldn't necessarily know that's, that's brilliant. Thank you very much. All three of those are fantastic tips. Um, if people would like to reach out to you, where, where can they find you? Um, yeah, sure. They um, sent me on the website, um, which is heartoftorbaycic.com. Uh, we have a, we're currently doing a, a series for, uh, a free workshop series for Torbay residents every Monday, which is a Mindful Monday. So if people go onto the events page, um, they can see all the information there and just book on if they'd like. Um, we've also got the usual Facebook page, which is Heart of Torbay CIC. Uh, we can also be reached on 01803-363-305, which is our um, main landline number. Um, but yeah, several ways. That's brilliant. I'll, I'll add all those into the show notes anyway. But once again, thank you very much, Sharon, for joining me today. Pleasure, um, James. Thank you for, speak for you. talking. Speak to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Thank you to Sharon for joining me today. I hope you all enjoyed the show. If you'd like to get in contact with Sharon, all her details are in the show notes. Thanks for listening. And remember, a positive mindset leads to a positive life.